Hello and welcome to the Surgical Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Haider Al-Hakim, the Third Eye Doctor. Pull up a chair and get ready for some candid and uncompromising discussion with experts, innovators, agitators, and influential people from every corner of health and well-being. From inside the hospital to at home in the kitchen, we're leaving no stone unturned in our quest to uncover the secrets of healthier, happier, more successful, and less stressful lives. Thank you so much for joining us, and without further ado, let's meet this episode's guest. Hello, Kirsten. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very well, very well. So, um, burnout is a big topic, and uh, the question is, where do we start, and how did it start for you? Well, um, two questions there. Um, how did it start for me? Um, so I was one of those typical high achievers, you know, A's, two degrees from Oxford, you know, that kind of background. And uh, I went into the civil service um, on the civil service fast stream, which is a like an accelerated promotion scheme. And it, it really became clear to me that I had a problem when I had my first panic attack, which was three weeks after starting work, in my first kind of senior level meeting and I didn't really kind of know what was going on but I started to feel quite funny and I was taking the minutes and I, I looked at my notes afterwards and they were almost kind of gobbledygook um, and uh, then the feeling passed and I thought well that was strange and then the next morning on my way to work again I had my second panic attack and this was when the tube stopped in a tunnel and I thought I was going to be late for work and that became a, pan a pattern of panic basically um, that took me years to resolve. Um, and alongside that, I um, experienced these uh, bouts of what I used to call my illness. And uh, about every six weeks or so, I'd be wiped out and have to go to bed. And about every couple of years, I'd be wiped out for about three months at a time. And the two things ran hand in hand over in parallel for a long time. And they became normal to me. Mm. You know, I never, I never really sought help. I never told the doctor about my panic attacks. Um, I, I barely told anybody about them really and um, it, it was something that I struggled on with on my own and at the same time I was holding down really serious high-powered jobs. I spent two years working in Brussels for, with the Foreign Office negotiating for the UK. I worked in the Cabinet Office for the Prime Minister's European Advisor and then I spent five years working in the world of law enforcement doing strategy stuff which was a very high-pressured stressful place to try to do strategy stuff particularly as a, a much younger woman. Um, so, uh, it was only when I was eventually diagnosed with, um, chronic fatigue, um, after, after years, I mean, this went on since I was about, it was started when I was 17 and it then just got a lot, lot worse. The panic attack started when I was at work and eventually I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue and I, I found this amazing way of, um, changing my mindset, which mm. really helped. Wow. And yeah, no, it was, it was completely revolutionary, absolutely transformed my life, but, um, I can see the, the patterns started from when I was young, the, the perfectionist thinking, the high achieving thinking, and um, it was um, the, the work became the crucible where it really became worse. Um, but it was there all through my life. Mm -hmm. And I feel very lucky that I've come out the other side. You know, I, I now um, I have my own business. I have a family. I, um, I know that I could still get panic attacks, but I don't get them because I know how to deal with them. And I haven't had a single episode of my illness 
since I, I learned how to deal with my mindset. So for me, it's been a very long journey. I mean, it was from the age of 17 to 31 that I struggled with this. But I feel like it's made me a better person. Um, and it has made me more um, understanding of um, you know, the realities of mental illness and even, even on a more general level, mental frailty, you know, fragility. We, we think we're invincible and we're not. You know, and that, that is something I really, really work with my clients on. Um, and again, for me, it's been the foundation of this new career. I, I want to coach people mm. to help them be successful in the kind of high pressured environments I worked in, but without suffering the negative consequences of um, what we do to ourselves. Mm. You know, we, 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 the context is never that helpful, but actually we make it worse for ourselves by the pressure we put on ourselves with, with our unsupported mindsets. Could, could you tell me more about that mindset shift that you went through that changed everything for you? Well, I, I was very lucky. I found a, um, a particular mind-body program called The Lightning Process, which was invented by a man called Phil Parker, who is an osteopath who then learned hypnotherapy and neurolinguistic programming. And he developed this, um, he calls it a training program. Uh, and it's three half days, um, one after the other. And it, it helps you understand uh, how the way you think affects your biological systems, which it's you know evidence that it does. Um, and if you change the way you think, you can change your um, your physical responses. And uh, you know it's it's one of these things that sounds almost too good to be true. Mm-hmm. But people literally literally come in in wheelchairs and walk out. Um, you know, three days later. So um, if anybody is suffering from any form of um, chronic fatigue fibromyalgia, anything like that, I really recommend they have a look at it. It's one of these, the world of chronic fatigue, I don't want to get involved in it because it's so controversial. Um, you know, this, it, it's so um, emotive as a subject and um, I'm, it's too close to me. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to go there because I was there for a long time. Um, but if anybody, and I, I don't offer it, I'm not trained in it, I don't offer it. But if anybody is suffering, I, I really recommend they have a look and see if they see if it could work for them, because you don't have to suffer. You know, there is an alternative if you are willing to be open to it. That's amazing. Um, you know, we do get uh, drowned in our suffering and, and, and sometimes we get addicted to it um, because it is a um, sometimes it's uh, it's better to suffer than to actually. Some people are scared to thrive. You know, they'd rather I survive. Think, I completely agree, but I think it's actually almost more than that. It becomes a, it becomes part of people's identities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, the thing, I think the, the bravest thing I've ever heard was there was a, um, a woman who I trained with whose husband had had chronic fatigue, and he had had it for 26 years. And he had been ill almost their entire marriage. He hadn't been able to hold on a job. They'd had three kids. She'd done all of the looking after. And he went on the, the lightning process and got better. And I, I feel like... To be able to accept that he had a role to play in his own recovery and to, to not be stuck after all those wasted, you know, one could argue wasted years, you know, to be able to kind of say, actually, you know what, the rest of my life is worth living. Because I think you can you can say you can become stuck in this idea that um, uh, you are an ill person. And uh, if you don't have that, what have you got left? especially if being an ill person has taken you out of normal life for a long time, which it did for him. To be able to say, actually, you know what, I, even though 26 years later, I haven't been able to live a normal life, I am now going to do that. 
I just think that's astonishing, really, and so brave. But you have to you have to be willing to um, reconstruct a life without this thing that has become your defining feature, which not everybody, understandably, can do. And it does take time. You know, some yeah. people think that oh, oh, you know, this this can happen instantly, or you know, you know, within a day or a week. Sometimes it takes years, and and sometimes it doesn't happen. Absolutely, and uh, being brave enough to go on that journey, yeah. um, you know, that that is, uh, I think, for for me, it was very much. I just couldn't bear being where I was any longer. Mm. Anything was better. Mm. I mean, I was willing to try anything and everything, and I did. The chronic, the um, lightning process wasn't the first thing I tried by any means. I spent about a year and a half looking at different um, ways to try and make things better. Um, but you know, you if if you if where you are is is bad enough. And you want it enough, then it's it's worth the because the journey can be painful, all the setbacks and the mm. things not working. And but yeah, God, I just wanted to get better more than anything. I wanted to get better. And and it was interesting because you came from a complex system to a simple system, and that kind of worked for you. With with the mindset ideas. Yeah, sort of. You know, your work was very complicated in the sense yes. that you had two degrees. Yep. You're working in a very complicated um, system, i.e., the government. And that, and yet, you found some simple answers to your problems. Well, I think, um, I think, uh, you know, simplicity. Uh, you should try to find that wherever you can, because yeah. that, that is, and if you can find that within you, yeah. it doesn't. The context that you're in is less relevant. Yeah. I mean, that for me, um, you know, this. I, I've just started my coaching business just over a year ago. It's an entirely new world. The difference yeah. between being a civil servant and a nice safe large organization and being a single you know a solopreneur entrepreneur is it's unbelievably different um but what i try to do is um you know keep it simple one thing at a time what can i manage how do i want it fit, to fit around my life as it is now so i think it all for me it always comes back to your mindset it yeah. always comes back to how you approach the context you're in because um you can choose to see what you want to see and you mm. can choose to respond in the way that is best for you it's not always easy mm. but that is a choice that you can make because you can influence the way that you you think and the way that you see the world and there are there are some enormously powerful tools to to help you do that and i i think that's a really if you can do that that means that whatever you do you can thrive mm -hmm. could you give us sort of three top tips about these tools that that you just mentioned um so I would say um, the first one is to remember that um, you look at the world from your perspective and your perspective is not always the same as everybody else's. Um, so um, understanding that um, people are coming from their own, um, there's, there's this phrase, the map is not the territory. You know, everybody has their own different map and they might that comes from their own personal experiences and the way that they see the world. and um, assuming other people are going to behave like you or think like you is really unhelpful um so that that i think is the first one is to have that understanding of the perspectives of different people um because then you understand the limits of um what you can achieve really and empathy will always make the world um better um i think the second one is is related to that and that's about um it's it's expressed i'm i'm not a religious person but it's expressed brilliantly in the serenity prayer which is understand, uh, you know, the things that you have control of, the things that you don't have control of, 
um, and understand um, the difference. You know, if you can if you can map your world into uh, I am stuck in a traffic jam, but there's nothing I can do about it. Therefore, I may as well listen to the radio and look out the window. Or um, I am unhappy in my job and I feel like I have more to offer. Therefore, there are steps I can take to be doing something about that. You know, understand your your ability to have agency. You know, the degree to which you can shape the situation you're in. And if you can let go of the things that you can't shape and take action on the things that you can shape, that is going to make the most enormous difference to your well-being and uh, your your happiness, your contentment, really. Um, and then I think the third thing for me would be about um, understanding that uh, you can influence your thoughts, which influence your feelings, which influences your experiences, which is influences your the way you live your life, which is influences your personality, where people respond to you. So that is a there is a causal link there between the way you think and your entire existence, your entire experience of life, and understanding that you can change these thoughts thoughts are just thoughts you know thoughts are just neurons firing they don't have any deep meaning you know they don't have any um validity other than the validity you give them so if you if you are thinking a thought think to yourself is this thought helpful to me not is it real is it helpful to me and if it's not helpful let it go you know, and that that's sometimes easier said than done. And there are particular, you know, kind of ways that you can do that. So, um, you know, into pattern interruption using rubber bands snapping on your wrist, or um, there are processes like anchoring where you can anchor yourself into good feelings. So there's all sorts of different kind of uh, ways of doing it, or positive affirmations, or meditation, or whatever works for you. But the fundamental principle is understanding that you can change your thoughts because they are just ephemeral passing thoughts and uh, that can have a huge influence on your um, uh, contentment in your daily life wow wow <clears throat> wow you just read my mind because because i've got a hydrism like that about oh, thoughts. Yeah? <laughs> yeah it's um yeah they're only thoughts that's it yeah exactly literally exactly. You, and, and i you know i say that they're, they're only thoughts you are not your thoughts exactly that is it that you is are it. not your thoughts yeah and you can choose whether or not to let those thoughts yeah. um, have any weight. In and that's your life. really empowering, Kirsty. It is. It is exactly. so empowering. Exactly. It's like, okay, it's only a thought. Do I go with it? Do I enjoy it? Do I augment it? Do I go against it? And then you can play with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's a really good point. It's not just about letting go of the negative thoughts, it's also about building on the positive thoughts. Yeah. And you know, there are there are all sorts of different ways that you can do that, but knowing that you can yeah. is what yeah. makes the real It's just a thought. I mean, even the negative thoughts, that's sort of an interesting way of looking at things. Okay, so I consider it as a negative thought, but if I delve down into it a bit more, it can turn into something else. It can turn into a reflective thought. It can turn into an empathic thought. It can turn into a sort of a wisdom-like thought. So it it sort of it it, it sort of opens a lot of doors and a lot of uh, opens a lot of let's say um, experiences. Um, yeah. Obviously, you you know you still need to stay in reality because you know you've got a world out there. You don't want to get too bogged down in the world of thoughts uh, and all that. Um, but we have so many anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. And, and sometimes yeah. it, you can just let them go past like clouds in the sky. Yeah, you yeah, know, you don't yeah. you don't have to uh, take a kind of fundamental meaning from each one because you know what, yeah. it might not have one. It might just. And be also, you don't need to dissociate yourself totally from the thought as well. You know, you know, don't just sort of go totally blank. Oh yes, I'm going to be in a meditative state and 
be like you know buddha like sort of thing no, um no. where, where I, I know you're sort of it's 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 great talking to you um but we're coming towards the end of the podcast if a young lady professionally uh, young lady like yourself um back then uh coming out of oxford university with two degrees what are your three tops to them about about how they can take care of themselves and and not get burnt out and not get fatigued um i think looking back yeah no absolutely and that that this is what this is what really drives me is this idea that i can help other people avoid my experiences because they were you know it wasn't necessary um i think in no particular order as they say um uh be kind to yourself and you know that's very easy to say but it's not always very easy to do especially if you're kind of ambitious and driven and uh, you know you want to make a difference in the world um but um you know it's the it's the classic um oxygen mask analogy you know when the oxygen mark mask comes down in the plane you have to fit yours before you can help anything anybody else and the same is true for um being successful at work uh, if you if you run yourself dry like I did, my, my, the way, the reason I got ill every six weeks is because that was my body. The only way I would stop was when my body would shut down. And uh, if I had listened to myself and been more kind to myself, I wouldn't have had that kind of boom and bust cycle. So that is the first thing. Be a bit be a bit self aware. Um, I hate the phrase self care. It's so icky, but you know it is it is about that understand where your limitations are and understand that's okay and just look after yourself listen to your body listen to what your body's telling you rest when you need to so that would be the first thing uh the second thing would be about um get support before you need it so think strategically about what you want to be achieving in your career um what paths you might need to take to get there, what skills you might need to have, and um, set up a, uh, a supportive network of people, of mentors, of colleagues, um, professional coaches if you want. Um, you know, find, find people who are going to help you on your journey before you have a problem. And it, the more strategic you are about your career, the, the less effort you will spend, you will waste doing things that aren't helpful. Um, and uh, therefore, the less energy you'll be expending, and you know that the you know think think about ease, think about balance, think about um, trying to do it, um, uh, yeah, as, as with people energy. rather than by yourself, with people, yeah. yeah, and not just with people, with a plan, yeah, yeah. definitely with people, but also um, make sure you take the time to step back and think about where you're going, mm, mm. because that's that strategic direction and the support structure to help you achieve it, the two go hand in hand, and they will make your life easier and help you get to where you want to um, more quickly and with less pain, less effort. And then the last thing, and this is what I didn't do and really, really hope that people don't do what I, don't follow my example. If you do find yourself having a problem, ask for help. Don't let it carry on um, because you don't need to suffer. I mean, I, I, I literally never, I told my parents and my boyfriend at the time about my panic attacks and nobody else. And that made it so much worse because it became something that I was ashamed of. I felt like it was a, a weakness in me. I mean, this was, uh, you know, 2001 it started. So um, it's a long time ago. I, I hope that the world of mental health has moved on a lot since then. But if you do find you are struggling, 
ask for help because there is help available and you don't need to suffer alone. Wonderful. That's absolutely amazing. How can people get hold of you, Kirsten? Uh, my website is www.kirstengoodwin.co.uk. Wonderful, wonderful. Do you, do you want to ask me a question before I go? Um, how do you see the experience of burnout differently in the medical profession to the corporate world? It's. I think it's the same. I think it's the same. But the corporate world, uh, they've been dealing with it a lot sooner than the medical world. So they have, uh, you know, organizational structures. They talk about these things. Um, whereas in the medical world, it's still a bit... Uh, yeah, untraditional. You know, we're, we're probably about another forty years behind you guys. Yeah, the the culture makes a big difference to yeah. how these things are responded to. Yeah, but it's you know it's getting better in the sense that people are talking about it. But that'll mean there'll be more people coming out with burnout. <laughs> well, hopefully, with the work that you're doing and you know the work that people around us both are doing, we can we can make a difference. Yeah, it, was, and, it could be that way. And I think, you know, this is where sort of doing these podcasts where there can be collaborations, there can be sort of interdisciplinary um, meetings and discussing these issues and we can sort of help each other out on in our, in our respective uh, professions. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kirsten. That's brilliant. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks for listening to this installment of the Surgical Spirit podcast. For all the latest in the world of Surgical Spirit, don't forget to follow on Twitter at The Third Eye Doc and catch me on Facebook at the page The Third Eye Doctor. You can visit the website at www.thethirdeyedoctor.co.uk for more information on the work that I do. And please send us feedback and questions and suggestions for the podcast. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. I've been Dr. Haida Al-Hakim and I'll see you next time.